kind of cool the giftedness we have even in a small church, you know, people that serve God. So thank you, everyone up here. I saw this candle when I walked up. What was it for? Hope. Okay. I'm doing psychological tricks on you? No, I just, it it got me thinking. Um, Hope comes a little bit in short supply at times when we look around us. Um, So even like our brother Jim, man, he went, he graduated, made it back home with Jesus, and then what a great hope. Yeah, for you guys who know Jim, you'll see, it, you'll see an email coming out, but we're going to do celebrate his life next Saturday here. And so at like 11 o'clock, right, this will be the first thing they can be involved with. So look for that email. And, uh, and then stories of healing, right? But he's the God of all that. So we were going through a book study. Usually we're going through a book of the Bible here at the Ridge. They were doing that before I came, and I love it. So really felt directed. And, and now we're, we're towards the end of 1 John. We've really ended it, but I just won't let it go. Um, I think the Lord's up to something in that. So we're going to talk about that again today. Here's the, ver- here's the last verse in 1 John. I've given you two versions. You have to forgive me. I've been reading a little bit in the New Living Translation. I don't know if that's heresy or whatever, but just so you know. I put, I put ESV up there as well. It ended like this. John ended his letter, first letter to these first century Christians. Little children, and, and that means what? What was the actual Greek word there? What did it really mean? Like students, apprentices, right? Which is what we all are of Christ. Keep yourselves from idols, The New Living Translation translated it like this. Dear children, keep away from anything that might take God's place in your hearts. So here's where we were. Do you remember like three weeks ago? You remember what we talked about? I know, you had turkey between now and then, maybe, or ham. So we got stuck three weeks of idle talk, okay? And not idol, like L-E, but idol, O-L, talk. So idols at first is, the first week, really what I want to say today is we were, we were saying, yeah, even though idol, idolatry and idols look a little bit different now, because most of you aren't worshiping like graven images or statues at your house. Maybe some of you are, because that does still exist. But there's a lot of other things that have, that have sort of taken its place. So that was, that was week one. Talked about that. It, it got conversation started. And the Holy Spirit was really working in a lot of us, saying, man, I do have some idols. Some things that really take God's place in my heart. And then the second week, I I really brought to you what I think is the the item that gets more worship than anything else in our world. And this is not brand new. It's been since the beginning of time. And, And that God, small g, is self. We, we want to protect self, serve self, concerned with self. That's where we get selfish, self-concerned, right? Like all of these. You remember that? Okay, now this is a little more fresh. So then last week I brought forth another, another thing that we're putting our hope in. And what did we talk about last week? Do you remember? What's that? Like country, yeah, kingdoms. We brought in the fact that we, we often, right, put our dependence in the kingdoms of this world. 
the kingdoms and the systems of this world. And what we learn from Revelation 13 is once the kingdoms get to the point where they start to turn their nose up at God, they're playing a very dangerous game, right? In the end, there's going to be a kingdom represented by a beast, which is going to get control over the world. And what's going to happen is that kingdom is going to get so full of itself and so above God in their mind that they're going to do great evil amongst the world. And there's going to be one, the Antichrist they talk about, the one who, who leads, promotes the worship of that beast. But then I brought forth with you this truth that we see through Scripture, is there's a pattern. Because from the beginning of time, right, darkness has been at play in the world. And those guys are not that creative. They use the same tricks. What they did on Adam and Eve, they're still doing to me. And you. And so what we see is the same spirits at work in history, continually at work. And that's why John was telling us, beware of the Antichrist. The Antichrist is coming, but plenty have come, and some are amongst you right now. Those people trying to get your focus, worship, attention on anything but God. So we have all this worship, right? So then it really leaves this question like, oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And for some reason, dear children, keep away from anything that might take God's place in your hearts. Doesn't seem enough. Can we get some more practical advice here? Well, I was praying about it. Yeah, I do that. Um, and, and so, really what I think God has just put on my heart and my mind is, it's such a difficult thing to give practical examples. I don't want to be a coward about it. But I think we have to address a couple things. First of all, what I'm seeing in the world around me is this. And tell me if you think this is true. There's a battle about what we're for and what we're against, right? And you see all the culture, right? There's these things. I mean, everyone wants to cancel everyone. Everyone wants to discredit, right? For those who don't speak that language, who wants to discredit, you know, uh, compress. Like, yeah, there's things that are unpopular you can't say, things that are popular that you can say. We're so much about what we're against rather than what we're for, and that same mentality has bled over into religion. Right? Because what's been the problem with religion since the beginning? What do you think one of the big problems is about being against things? Well, it's rules. Religion is like, don't do this hundred things. Okay, what am I supposed to do? We don't talk about that. Just don't do these things. And trust me, you're going to love it. Really? And this is how we treat one another. We even approach a speaker, a new, a new speaker. I've seen that in the church. It's like, Guilty until proven innocent. I'm against that. But you can't say that. Like Everything is against. But then Jesus was very different. He was like, follow me. Meaning, do what I do. Let me show you what we're for, instead of just talk about what we're against. Okay, let, let, me, okay, let, me, let me gather your attention. What I'm saying there is that does that ring true to you? Okay. Do you see how much we're against everything? And even Jesus, they tried to get him against that. Hey, what about those guys? They're saying they're, you know, trying to promote you. And he's like, well, if they're promoting me and the Father, why, why stop them? Well, because we should be against them, right? They're not in our club. We should be against them. Or what about the Romans? We should destroy the Romans. 
Why are you so, we should do this against, 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 and we're doing it now. Against, against, against. And so we see a world where Christians and believers who should have peace and faith in God are more angry and worried than people who don't believe. How about that? Is that true? Okay. What do we do? So here's, here's another posture. I think in church you guys have come like, okay, this is the holy man. This is the holy man. It's his job to be like so close to God. So tell me what to do, pastor man. Like, no. What if we were just a group of Christians? What if we erased everything that we knew about religion and we're like, you guys all believe in God or are you kind of questioning about him? Yeah, me too. So let's get together. I got this building. Let's see what he would do. Let's see what he would do. So what if we just stopped instead of like, Will has this, this canned answer. What if we just stopped right now? We're just like, Lord, this whole thing is about doing what you do, following you. What in the world do we do about this? Like, really? What in the world do we do about this insanity? Because we just can't keep throwing fire or wood on this fire. Yeah, what would we do? So I have notes, but if I skip them, you know why. Because I just, I'm trusting, Lord, that you would lead us. Here's the first thing he gave me, and I want to share this with you. Here's the challenge. I'm setting a baseline here. This whole thing, guys, is like, you ever take a survey of something? Like, you're not going deep into one thing, but you've got to look at the breadth of it, right? So here's what I want to tell you. You guys remember manna? What's manna? Food from heaven? Nourishment? Where did it come into play? During the, like the Exodus and walk, going through the wilderness. So you'll find that in Exodus 16. So you don't think I'm just making stuff up. You can look at this yourself. Here's what's crazy about this. Right? So he took them, his people, out of Egypt where they were fed. They were slaves, but they were fed. And then he took them into the wilderness. And like, he actually parts a sea. Part to see to conquer himself. He didn't have them uprise against the Egyptian empire. You get this? He used the sea to smash their army. And then they got hangry. Dang, we could be around the meat pot and getting bread, but this stupid God of ours has got us starving in the wilderness. So then God that night puts quail among them. Tonight you will eat meat and tomorrow bread. And then in the morning, this manna stuff is just there. But here's what's crazy about the manna. It didn't make it to the later in the day. Every day was new manna. Except for what day? Right? The, the Sabbath, they gave two portions, and somehow, magically, if you want to use that word, that would last more than... That day. It, it would stay. It wouldn't spoil. The bugs wouldn't take it over. Well, geez, well, why in the, what does this have to do with anything that you're saying? This is God. This is how God works. God didn't say, you guys are going to be out here about 40 years, made the calculation. I had Moses figuring all this stuff out. Here's how much manna you get. He said, no. You get up today. You trust me. I'll give you what you need. Get up tomorrow. 
I won't fail you. I'll give you what you need. Okay, this is the God that we're trying to worship. This is the God we're trying to follow. That hasn't changed. Now we get the manna. We add a bunch of corn to it so we can make tons of money and everything, everyone's a corn-fed human. But, but you, he's still providing each day. So I, w- I want to keep that in mind as we're going forward on this question. So what do we do about this? Okay, If you're the God who provides each and every day, the problem with us is we want it absolute. Even us, right? We've been taught even in our religion, it's like, okay, Jesus saves you. So you were eight, you got saved, you were baptized, done. Everyone say, no, that's not how that works. You're not done. If in a moment, the scripture says, I'm going to paraphrase it, and if in a moment, right, that Jesus could save you, from eternity, from God, distant from God, from his death, how much more could he be saving you from his life day to day? Like, the Bible tells us the planets aren't colliding because Jesus is in control. Armageddon isn't here yet because Jesus is in control. Right? The Holy Spirit, as evil as you think the world is, it was always this evil. It's just we have YouTube and Facebook, right? So you're more aware of every stupid evil thing, right? And if God tarries, it'll be really ridiculous for your kids' kids too, and everyone will say kids these days. And I'm starting to get a little gray hair, so I can start to say that kids these days, right? So it's, you're going to get your turn if you're not there yet. Um, so God is saving us. He's providing us this manna. Okay, what do we do? What do we do? I'm going to give you a little taste. I'm going to give you a little manna. And it's just weird. You know, it's weird because it's, sometimes I can be kind of a rebellious jerk. Forgive me. And I've known about Jesus since I knew about anything. And every, they, we used to have these envelopes, you know, you had to check if you read your Bible every day, and if you brought it, and if you studied your Sunday school. And it just seemed like so much religion. By the time I was like a teenager, I was like, this is so stupid. And then as an adult, and then it's worse, I become a pastor, and I'm like, oh, I'm not going to do that. But <laughs> manna, it's still doing this stuff every day. It's still doing this stuff. Here's the answer. Like, you need truth every day because lies are so loud. Lies are so loud. And we could pick on all the really loud lies right now. Just go watch Netflix, right? You'll see it. Right? There's lies are loud right now. But you need to read your Bible. Pharisee, sorry, you've got to read your Bible. You've got to pray. You've got to come to the end of yourself in some way. You better go somewhere on Sunday or another day with other Christians to talk about truth, to spur each other on in love and good works, to love one another, to mourn together, to celebrate together. to share our lives together. There's really no shortcut to that. So check this out, right? Let me give you some scriptures. I threw the NLT at you again, New Living Translation. This is Matthew 6, 33. So who said this? Jesus, right? He said, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. It's like a manna scripture. 
So what do we do about all the systems of the world? What if our system that we're in fails? Like, what if this church, like, stops to exist? What if America stops to exist? What if the political environment changes, right? What if there's a financial markets crash? I'm not going to say it doesn't matter because it does matter, but it doesn't when it comes to the kingdom of heaven. If we seek first what God is up to, right, and his righteousness, we follow him, we do what he's, we follow him, he's going to lead us into life. Nothing is going to thwart his plan. Nothing. Well, how do we deal with the kingdoms? Well, there's a biblical answer, right? But there's like a thousand of them. You start reading, it's the ocean of, I can't count on the systems and the kingdoms of this world. And it's not that we don't love that, because understand something. You guys are created in such a way that you need fellowship. You need to be made to feel special. You need connection. You need food. You need water. You want warmth. At some level, you need it. That's created in you. Because the Father, when you were with him, he was giving you all those things directly. And now that you're absent from him in body, he's giving those to you in different ways. The sun comes up. And it sets. He makes water fall from the sky. In some places, not here, but... (laughs) And even those of us crazy enough to live where there's no water naturally, like in deserts, right? We... We get water eventually, right? It it drips down off the mountains, hopefully. And technology pipes it from one place to another. You have people who love you in God's place because you just don't feel his hug necessarily. You have people who mourn with you when you do that. You have parents who feed you and clothe you. You have friends. Some of us get married. You have a church family. So we love all those things, but they're from God, right? We have to look at it differently. And then in Luke 9, 23 through 24, here's another piece of manna for you. Verse 23, then he said to the crowd, who's he again? Awesome, you guys got the Bible answers down. This is going to go well. Um, Then he said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, you know this one, you know where I'm going? You must give up your own way. NLT, again, a little different than you heard it, but you must give up your own way, which is doing what? What are you killing? Denying yourself. You're killing what I think is most important in favor of what God thinks is most important. If any of you want to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross daily and follow me. But if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. How about amen, man, or hallelujah? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, baby, right? Boom, yeah, right? All these, whatever you want to say. The new version of amen, right? Boom, yeah. Maybe we should do that one. We can't forget we're following Jesus, and this is the guy that let them kill him, even though he didn't deserve it. This is the guy that let him spit on them. And then we're like, you want me to wear a mask? That's inconvenient. Okay, I'm not telling you to wear a mask. I'm just saying it's really stupid how we act. We're not acting like Jesus. That's a fact. We need to act like Jesus. There's that little tidbit, okay? Now, here's a long one for those who want to read more. This is from 2 Timothy. So this is Paul writing to who? It's in the title. 
Timothy, good. You didn't say Jesus. That, that's good. We're going good. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be difficult times for people will love only themselves and their money. And then fast forward to, to verse 5. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. Verse 14, fast forward again, right? But you must remain faithful to the things that you've been taught. You know that they're true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. You've been taught in the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. 2 Timothy 3, some sort of blender blend of 1 to 15. I mean, each one of these is a sermon series in itself. But you see that in the last days, they'll be loving themselves. And the tendency for you to love yourself is you're going to want to go with them. You're going to want to agree with them. I mean, everyone who's young wants to change the world. Everyone who's old is bitter and thinks they can't change the world. And we're both wrong. God can change the world, and he does it by changing the hearts of people. He revives us from the inside like Corey challenged us to just four weeks ago. That each one of us could be this light. And then here's a less popular, that felt good, now let me give you one that doesn't feel so good. This is Revelation 13.10. The context here is this, the beast, right, that I was talking about, the kingdoms, the false prophet that's there. It talks about the saints. And it says, it basically says, hey, some of them will be given over to persecution, some of them will, will suffer at the sword, and when that happens, you let it happen. And then it says in verse 10, the second half of verse 10, here is a call for the endurance, oh, I don't like that word, endurance and faith of the saints. Guys, this is what's supposed to happen. Oh, people don't get me because of what I believe. Yeah. Yeah, it's really unpopular. Yeah. Well, what am I supposed to do? Endurance. Faith. Then Ephesians 6, okay, another little piece of manna here. You heard of the armor of God? Pretty commonly known. But I think what's interesting is at the very end, we often, when we do a diagram, we don't talk about this piece. But verse 18 of Ephesians 6 says this, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication, to that end, keep alert with all, oh, there's that bad word again, perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. I mean, our biggest weapon for our warfare is prayer. Amen. It's talking to God. It's listening to God. It's, it's putting ourselves in a place where we're in his presence and we're trying to see like he's seeing. We're asking him to open our eyes because we're blind. Hmm. So what do we do? You see all those? So it's kind of like, Honestly, if I was giving you a practical advice, I'd say you've got to actually read this stuff like every day. And you better talk with people that you love about it. Like, I know. I'm getting angry. It's frustrating. And they would say, I agree. But let's, let's get back to truth, man. Let's get back to truth. Because the farther we get away from that truth, right? It's always like that. It's always that I take a step and I think I'm not so far from the truth. But if I don't ever return, then the next step I take is just two steps away. 
And then it's three steps away. And I think if you're like me or like anyone, if you're being honest, you've had those moments, those really dark moments. You're like, I can't believe I did that, thought that, said that. You've got to be kidding me. The five-year-old version of myself would kick my butt. How did I get here? One step at a time. So I know they've got products now where you can send a hug by a vest, apparently. It's just not the same as a person. It's just not the same as a person. And here's the crazy thing. You guys have needs. I have needs. Because you were created. God didn't change the design when we left Eden. You get that, right? This is not like... This is not the uh, cheaper, dialed-down mode of human. No, you are fully image of God now. And so no wonder, man, you want to be special. I mean, you're a son and a daughter of God, created to be that. Man, I, I really, you need affection. Duh, yeah. You were created for that. I want to be part of something bigger than myself. Yeah, because you are. I'm, I'm thirsty and hungry. Yes, because you're created. If you don't get that, you will die eventually. Like, but all that that comes, every hug, right? Every encouragement, every friend, every meal, every drink, right? Any of the money that you get, any of the sex that you get, any of the affection that you get, any tears that come your way, any hug, any warm sunny day, any rainstorm, any snow in the mountains, to the simplest things, like I love tea or coffee, right? You're like, oh yeah, or cheeseburgers, man, that was God's gift, right? All those things come from God, and so glory to God when I eat them, and I drink them. And so you're made for that, so don't be ashamed that you need that. But here's the problem. Here, here's the problem. Remember, the world, darkness came over the world. Darkness came over the world. Because Satan, he tried to win in heaven and he couldn't. He couldn't. And so he's cast down here. He's running to and fro on the earth. He's searching for someone to dis- destroy and devour And God's in it with them. He's like blinding the minds of believers and God is revealing himself as he wills. And so John said it like this. You guys with me still? I mean, we're like, we're covering. I just, I'm getting getting tired of just a verse. Like we got to look at the whole Bible together, right? John 1 says this, in him, who's him? Yes, we're good. In him was life and the life was what of men? Light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. We'll see if that still works now. Um, Let's check it. Oh, yeah, it's working good. Uh, Verse 8, then he goes, he, this time he's talking about not Jesus, but who? I put it in there. John who? John the Baptist. John the Baptizer, right? Um, He, John the Baptist, was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, verse 9, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, 
Yet the world did not know him. And then in John 8, he's talking about, once again, these, this is probably a whole other sermon. We'll get there. 8.12 says, And Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And Corey, that kind of makes sense why, Jesus and, why John said, in 1 John, he was talking about that. Yeah, go ahead. He was talking about that, uh, this whole dynamic. He's like, if you say you're in the darkness and you think you're with me, you're lying because I'm in the light. So come into the light with me. If you say that you hate your brother, but that you're in me, you're not because I don't hate my brother. You don't hate my, your brother. We don't live in that darkness together. So you think you're bringing light into this dark place, but you're just in the shadows. It's because he heard Jesus. He was walking with Jesus. And Jesus showed him this. Like, the world is dark. And then he goes on in Matthew 5, right? Another record. You are the light of the world. He he transitions this and transfers this to you and I. It's darkness. Jesus came, but he's not going to stay for 2,000 plus years. Because then it'd be easy. If he could live 2,000 plus years, it'd be easy to get people to follow him, right? But for the wrong reasons. Verse 14, but you are the light. Who's the you? Right? The people he's talking to. If you're hearing this and you're wanting to follow him, here's what you're invited into. So I don't know where you're at, but you all need to know this is an invitation for you. No matter what's happened before this day, this is an invitation for you to join him. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. And in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give God or give glory to your Father who's in heaven. Okay, let's take all the Bible words out of that. The world's dark, okay? This is not, this is not a surprise. The world is under the rule of darkness. Everyone's blind. They don't even see what's going on. They really don't. So Jesus came to illuminate truth. But then he even did one better. He said, I'm going away, right? I'm going to go back to be with the Father. But I'm leaving for you all of God, the Holy Spirit, to live in you. And you now will be that same light into the world around you. And so when people need the hug, that's going to be you, right? And when someone's starving, you're going to be the ones to help feed them. And when someone needs to be encouraged, that's going to happen from you. When someone needs to be challenged, that can happen from you. You're going to blow people's mind. It's just going to come out of you when you're doing the things that I'm leading you to do. And they're not going to know what to do with it. They're not going to know what to do with it, and the darkness will hate you. It's like the Trader Joe's principle. Right? I call it the Trader Joe's principle. It's a mystical place, Trader Joe's. And here's what happens. My wife and I go in there, and, uh, and I don't mean this in any way to glorify us, but maybe we have a look about us, but they think we know where everything's at. <laughs> hey, do you know where this is? And we laugh. We laugh because it's like, oh, it wasn't wearing a name tag. I don't have like a Trader Joe's-esque shirt that I'm wearing. But they ask because there's something about you 
And whenever that happens, I feel like nailing it. And when that doesn't happen, it's like, yeah, I know why, because I'm not nailing it today. And then the other end, darkness, there was a lady, my wife's so much more aware of this than me. She's standing there at the store, and she just keeps kind of looking at us. And Brandon's like, you see that lady? I'm like, do you know her? No. Do you know her? No. She's just staring at us in a really weird way. Then we go to the checkout. She's been following us everywhere. There's three lines open. She gets in line right behind us, and she's still just staring. And they said, ma'am, can we help you over here? No, I'm good. I don't know what was going on, but something about us she didn't like. Maybe I didn't shower that day. I don't know. But it was just weird. Like, these things happen. There's stuff going on, and when you're following God, he will use you, and you'll be challenged. And when that happens to you, then high five, Lord. Thank you. Yeah, you're doing it, right? You're doing this thing you talked about. I've got to live into this role that you've given me. Now, I love illustrations. So maybe this will help you as you're going out and about. So, Corey, bring the darkness, man. There you go. Hey, everyone, grab your cell phone if you have one. So maybe I I was thinking about this, and I feel like this is something that was helpful for me in light of this hope. So the darkness came, and we've seen that. And then the light came into the world, and the light was who? Right, yes. And then what happened is, interesting enough, look at the cross even there. Um, So light came into this world, but what Jesus did is he invited us. He says, not only could I just be the light and be the ruler of this world, which is what everyone wanted to happen. They wanted like the king or the president to be some great Christian ruler, right? 2,000 plus years later, nothing's changed. We're longing for somebody, a pastor, a president, a king, uh, you know, somebody come be a godly man so I don't have to. But that's not the way that Jesus said. He said, Once you start following me, once you start becoming like me, what's going to happen to you is this. You're going to be some kind of creepy light among the world or whatever works better. And people are going to notice you because I'm going to be coming, right, as as Lois would say, coming out of your eyeballs. Like Jesus is, the Holy Spirit is just, there's something different about you. And so if you have your, your flashlight, on your cell phone, or if you happen to randomly have a flashlight because you're way tactical or something, shine it on yourself right now. That's pretty cool. I mean, you see how illuminated the room gets? Imagine if that's what was happening. Can you, can you see why God's plan was so much better? Here, turn out your lights real quick. Okay, if all there was was a one point of light, then we'd have no choice but to go to where that light was to see. We would have a very uh, tabernacle or temple type, I need to see truth, but there's no light anywhere but where Jesus is, this holy of holies. But instead, lights back on, there's a light in the world. I mean, look, just look around, let that sit in for a second. I don't think I'm being this. It's like playing football where the receiver doesn't catch the ball. It doesn't matter how good the quarterback is. On a very rare occasion, he might be able to stick it into their helmet. But other than that, you've got to have somebody on the receiving end of that. 
Okay, why don't you come up with the lights real quick, Corey? And that way, maybe with the light in our face, it won't be as blinding. Okay. Now it lights out for a minute. I mean, do you see that, how that works? That's why there's, there's things that's like, uh, in a positive way, that much light would change the world. Right? That much light would change any environment you're in. And you can't have a single holy man go into the classrooms or into Trader Joe's or into the places that you work or the police departments or the colleges or the grocery stores or the military, right? Nonprofit organizations, real estate, all the places that you guys go, the corners, construction-related industries, you going into people's houses and getting into their light. And what we've, what we've really failed to do this last year is to be that light. So I want to give you another scripture here, Colossians. So once again, a letter written to a group of Christians. Colossians 2, 6 through 7. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught. And this is the part I want to really point out, overflowing with what's the word? Thankfulness. Overflowing with thankfulness. So, so it's hard, right? How do we do this, Will? How do we tear down those idols? How do we not worship ourselves? How do we not depend on a kingdom of the world to save us? What it is that comes down to, we, we've got to depend on the real thing and not the fake things. I'm an awful God. Our corporations are awful gods. Politicians are awful gods. Churches are awful gods. Like, we can't lean in and focus on the fake things. We have to do the real things. How do you lean into the real thing? Help me out. Like, give me a testimony. Tell me, and it's not five minutes to tell me how I was sitting. No, testimony. Tell me what happened to you in your life that when you do this, you feel like you're leaning into God and nothing else. Read your Bible. Thank you. Yeah. What else? Loving others. And why is that? Because it's dangerous to love other people. What if they don't love you back? What if they hurt you or take advantage of you? And God's like, I'll pay you back. No one's left, left, left mother, daughter, brother, sister, right? Who isn't going to receive a reward in the kingdom of heaven? So much greater than what you gave up. How else? Worshiping, Worshiping him. Yeah. Trusting him when I don't know what's next. Yeah. Allowing him the freedom to change things in your life. Yeah. Confession. Yeah. Trusting. Trusting. And on the end of that confession, when you, when you really, have you done something and you really felt the forgiveness and you're like, whoa, that'll blow you away. 
when I'm, a, when I'm a room, in a room with a group of people who are singing praises to God, like they've come to the end of themselves. They're not worried how they look anymore, right? They're like going to the ear and singing, right? They don't even care anymore. That's pump, pumps me up, right? I'll tell you what, there's those moments when I see the humanity of people, like the rawness, and I see God in them, even if they're acting a totally different way. Like that is encouraging, conversations with one another. You guys ever had like a holy meal? I'm not talking like magic meal, but I'm talking about, it's just like a, a moment where it's like, wow, yeah, it feels like practice run for the, the wedding feast of the lamb, right? You're just like with good friends. Hmm. So, yes, to make it through this, you're gonna have to worship God. You're gonna have to give your attention to God. So whatever it is that gives your attention and your focus to God, if your attention and focus isn't on God, then you can say hallelujah and amen all you want. That's not worship. You can sing every Bethel song 24 hours a day, but if your focus is not on God, that's not worship. You can buy a shirt, have a sticker on your car. That's not worship. If your attention, your devotion, your hope isn't in God, that's not worship. You got to worship him. Encourage one another. Not because of religion, but because you're desperate for it. I'm going to starve to death if I don't get the manna for today. For mom, sometimes the bathroom is like the most holy place, right? You got little kids' fingers coming underneath. It's like a sanctuary. It's the holy place. So go there. For many reasons, go there. Um, But let me ask you, if we can be overflowing, here's what I want to present to you. I could just go in the practical way. I could try to tear down every idol, tell you to kill your TV, denounce the government, right? Beat yourself up, whatever. That is not going to help what you want to do. We're thankful for myself. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for the country I live in. I'm thankful for cheeseburgers and coffee and you and for babies and kids and sex. It's all great gifts from God. And I don't need to like throw all that crap out. What I really need to do is be overflowing with thankfulness, knowing it comes from God. And when I am, what, it's, what, what the scriptures is saying is, here's what happens. Boom. When I'm grateful... When I'm thankful, when I have a peace that makes absolutely no sense. So like what, it jacks their mind up. It jacks their mind up. So, Corey, would you go down with the lights again? Here's what I want you to do. As an act of worship, also as an act of defiance against insecurity, okay? I think we can be thankful today. And we can be thankful for what God's given us. And I think if we start talking about this more often, then the things that aren't going well, we can persevere, See, because I learned this more recently. In all the spiritual disciplines or spiritual practices you have, so many of them take from you. You know, fasting, solitude, Sabbath, right? Prayer, 
all, all this kind of stuff, it's like draining you energy-wise, that there has to be some sort of reciprocal thing that you do where you worship or you celebrate or you're thankful. These things fill you up with God's love. So when it's feeling hard and down and you're persevering and you're struggling, that you have what it takes to make it through. So what I love to do is actually do it instead of talk about it. So me, I'm thankful for uh, I got to hold a three-month-old baby like tons since Thanksgiving. My new little nephew. And when a baby laughs, it's like the angel singing to me. That was from God. Because that baby is a mathematical miracle, as is every baby. But this one, maybe even more so. So for that, man, I'm shining. And now I'd love you, I'd love to invite you to do the same thing. If there's something, man, stand up, shine that light on you, and tell me what it is. And I'll, I'll repeat it. Anyone? Someone brave? Enough? Stand on up. Tell me what you're thankful for. I'm thankful for my health this year. Thankful for her health this year. And look at the light shining on her. Yeah, keep it shining on you. Who else? Yeah. I'm thankful for what God has brought me through the last seven years. Thankful for what God's brought you through the last seven years. Not easy, right? But you're still thankful for it. The deliverance of my son from alcohol and Deliverance of her son from alcohol and drugs. Thankful for every one of you. We're thankful for you, yep. Somebody else? Thankful for the truth God's really shown you the past few months. Thankful for the truth that God's been showing you the last past few months. Come on, don't be afraid. Do you use my flashlight, anyone? Thank you for his beautiful wife next to him. How about thankful for food? Thankful for food. What about something else you're thankful for, even if... Even if you don't want to... Sh- oh, sorry. I'm thankful for friends and meaningful conversations. Thankful for friends and meaningful conversations. A gift, of God, a gift from God, right? Did you hear that? That's awesome. What else? Faith. If you don't want to shine the light, tell me. Just speak it out. What are you thankful for? You. For you? No, it's been quite a year, right? It's been quite a year. Hmm. Anything, anyone else? Thankful for God's grace? Yeah. Yeah. On Barb's behalf, she's thankful that took Jim right away. Yeah. Yeah, there you go, right? What the world would say is a tremendously awful thing. You're like, no suffering and being in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thankful for my family and I'm thankful that we have a God who us Thankful for your family and thankful that you have a God you can turn to when times are tough. That's right. Yeah. Thankful for God's pursuit of you. Dang, look at all these good things, guys. Yeah, I'm thankful for a great nephew that was born just a couple weeks ago. Ooh. Thankful he had a, a, a great nephew born just a few weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Anyone else? My dad woke up yesterday. Your dad woke up yesterday. Yes. 
thank, thank you too for sharing that because I think that's what we need to hear. Sometimes you wake up, sometimes you go with God, but God did not lose or get fooled or lose control on either one of those things. Yeah, thank you, God. Anyone else? Is the roaring in your belly just food or is it the Holy Spirit wanting you to get you to say something? <laughs> Yeah, you probably couldn't hear. She said she's thankful for God's faithfulness. And she said it reminds her of the scripture that God not only hears all your prayers, but he attends to them too. Right? Oh, yes. Okay, here's what I want you to do. Anyone else? Everyone grab your flashlights again. I'm not going to make you stand up and embarrass you. Grab them, put them on your face real quick. I just want to pray. And then while we're doing that, uh, praise team, come on up, and we're just going to spend some time. So here's, here's basically what I want you to do. Here's your homework, okay? Your homework is, is maybe you think I'm on crack and you don't think this is all ridiculous. That's fine. Um, but maybe this speaks to you a little bit. What if you thought about this? You might look a little weird doing this at the grocery store, but maybe you need to do that. Maybe you need to throw the flashlight on you. But start to just look around and begin to see. And begin to sense the Spirit speaking to you because He is going to guide you into being the light of the world. And, and, what, and what we begin to see is as goodness comes into the world, it changes the flavor of the world. And as, as sourness comes into the world, it changes the, the flavor of the world. And so a little bit of right, yeast could wreck the whole loaf. Like how much dog poop is too much for you to eat the ice cream sundae? The answer is any dog poop in your ice cream sundae should probably throw that thing out. So we've got to quit being dog poop on God's Sundays. Okay, quote that if you want. Uh, make a t-shirt, I don't know. So what if instead we were people like just so full of joy and love because kill my family member, I'm going to praise you. Make my dad wake up, I'm going to praise you. I get COVID, I'm fine, I'm going to praise you. I get COVID and I die, I'm going to be with you to praise you. Like, where is your sting death? What's good? I'm not going to get angry at you, what's going on in the world. It's just the current flavor. And the more angry I get, the more the world wants to be loud. Right? And when we get rid I started praying about some of these things. I'm like, Lord, could you get rid of them from the world? And then I feel like he said, well, then it'll just be something else. <laughs> right? I mean, let's get real for a minute. This is going to be something else. Christians, we could rise above the circumstance because we have a God who's in control. So as we're shining this light, let me just pray. God, I pray that you would lead us into all truth, Lord, that you would use that from your scripture. You would use it in everything around us in the world, that it would all gain worship from us, gain our devotion gain our love, gain our praise, gain our confidence, Lord, and that we be able to set down every idol because we have the real thing. And so, Lord, I pray that. I thank you for these people who are here today, Lord. I know that you're working in their lives. And so, Holy Spirit, I pray as they're reflecting in this time and as they go from here, Lord, that you'll, you'll be transforming and that you'll be helping. And you'll be growing hope from a little flicker of a flame on a candle to a bonfire that can be seen all around them. Help us to be your light and be your life. I pray in your name, Jesus. Amen.